This is episode 53 of Offscript with Trish Glose. Intimate interviews and fun conversations with very interesting people. In front of my microphone today is Tania Browning. Hello, Tania. Hello, good morning. Good morning to you. Um, you are the executive director of Direct Involvement Recreation Teaching, otherwise known as DIRT. Yes. DIRT. Yes, I am. DIRT. It okay. is DIRT. I like it. It's a Sounds really interesting. We're going to talk about it because I don't exactly know what you do. Yes. That's why you're here. Yes. And you're not alone. Right. <laughs> Lots of people don't quite know. What do you do? You're Who are this, you? Yeah, dirt. What's that? <laughs> okay. Um, so we were just talking about how um, deep our voices sound today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you getting, I'm getting over a cold still. It's been weeks. Are you getting over a cold? It's an allergy thing. Oh, Nasally. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you also said you didn't realize that we were being video recorded too. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I just said, you know, we were talking about editing this podcast, and I say proudly, I do not edit this podcast at mm-hmm. all. It's a long-form interview. It is what it is. What you hear is what you get. And I just said maybe, you know, I have my filter on for the four-letter words. <laughs> yes, yes. I can do that. Okay. Absolutely. I have a, a young child, so it's okay. the filter's there. Okay. <laughs> but you said you also have been on a construction site for the last few weeks. <laughs> yes, I have. I have. It's been incredibly interesting. I love it. And yeah, I don't usually have to wear my filter as okay. often there, but I can. How fun. Yeah. Just let it rip. <laughs> Alrighty. Have you learned some new <laughs> words on the construction site? Uh, I would say some new combinations. So Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I hit the record <laughs> button and turn this off, we'll talk. Okay. Okay. Um, so I've heard a lot about you through um, a very awesome man, Chris Brown. Oh my goodness. Yes. He was on this podcast a few weeks ago and he said, you have to talk to Tania. Oh, so sweet. He's amazing, incredible human being, architect, yeah. kind, loving, just like mm-hmm. incredibly thoughtful with his design. So yeah. I pick up on that for yeah. sure. We're going to talk a little bit, a tiny bit about Chris Brown because there's this huge collaboration. There's this huge project going on in Central Point. Mm-hmm. It was just recently in the Mail Tribune, yes. an article. We're going to talk about that. It's called Craterworks. Yep. We're going to talk about Craterworks. But first, yes. Tania Browning, where are you from originally? Oh, I was born in Ashland. Wow. Yep. Oregon girl. Totally Oregon. Yep. Okay. Um, You grew up in Ashland. You grew up in Southern Oregon. Well, I was born in Ashland, and then we had a stint about a decade in the Willamette Valley. Okay. And then we moved back to the Rogue Valley. Okay. What was the reasoning to go to Willamette? Uh, My parents. Interesting. My dad was selling solar in the 80s. So, uh, yeah, I know, right? I don't know. Ahead of his time. Totally. Well, and yeah, so there was a lot of things that he introduced. We actually lived off the grid before it was chic, which is a whole nother podcast. But yeah. How cool. 80 acres. Mm -hmm. Up in the Willamette Valley. No, here. Oh, here. On the backside of Roxanne, actually. Wow. Yeah, that's what we moved back to the valley for. So off grid, explain that to me. (laughs) I mean, I have an idea of what that means, but what does that mean? Solar power. Okay. um, In fact, there's a story about a 10-speed bicycle. My dad used to make me ride if I wanted to watch television. Mm-hmm. So um, it was very meritocratous. You had to earn whatever it was that you wanted. But anyways, so yeah, so it was um, cool. before tiny homes. We had small house, you know, in the country, mm-hmm. gravity-fed water, you know. So it was just kind of kind of country. Well, what was the reasoning for that? Just, just because? To see if you could? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. You know, um, more in contact with nature mm-hmm. and, and your surroundings and kind of being present. And so my parents were kind of hippies. And I know with the first name like Tania, it was probably hard to guess. <laughs> <Right>. Well, <laughs> I wasn't 
I, I was thinking hippie, but I didn't want to say yeah, hippie. Yeah, right. And I have, you know, I tell, you know, people, because I always want to know, you know, what does your name mean? Where are you, you know, where does that originate from? And I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like pretty sure it was just Scrabble. <laughs> like, <laughs> people call her Tania because there's like a whole bunch of vowels in there. Throw some letters yeah, up in the yeah, air. Yeah, and works. it's a horrible score. They're mm-hmm. like all one point. <laughs> oh, man. I like it. Did you grow up with siblings? I do. I do. I have a sister okay. and she's um, here in the Valley as well. And then a half brother and a half sister. Oh, awesome. not in the valley. So yeah. awesome. So it sounds like um, as young children in the country, did you did you grow up just being dirty and playing and? Well, really, there you know we didn't have the video games. Um, no. Even you know they I think it was like the Nintendo sixty four back then. You know, and my parents were like, you know, go be bored, go find something to do. Um, and so there was a lot of creativity. There was a lot of boredom. You know, and just building forts hanging out, reading. Um, so we had to kind of entertain ourselves. So yeah, it was it was country. Well, I say it was country, but some of my friends have told me it's actually wilderness. <laughs> like you did not live in the country. It was the wilderness. <laughs> right. Well, country, I mean, I'm from South Carolina. So okay. I consider that country, but I know what you're saying. It's the, it's the forest land right. of, of Oregon. Yes. I get it. Um, so what decade are we talking? You're growing up when? The 80s? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When do you move back to Ashland? Or? We moved to uh, Eagle Point. Eagle Point. Okay. Yes. When was that? So that was 88. Okay. And you're how old? 42. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I remember my mom used to forget how old she was. I was like, really, mom? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm 42. Okay. Or I'm turning 42. Right. The math is, yeah. So, I mean, you're a kid. You're a kid in the in the 80s yep. moving back to Eagle yep. Point. 10, 12. Okay. You know, the big hair. Um, Medford Cinema was still on Biddle, which was a big mm. green movie theater mm-hmm. before there was anything else there. Yeah. Okay. So. Did you have big bangs? I did. I had horrible bangs. <laughs> so did I. Huge. Aquanex. Oh, man. Yeah, you bad. would tease yeah. the bejesus out of your bangs yeah. and then yeah. spray them. So I had to move. smuggle hairspray into school. Yeah. Why? Because I don't know why, actually. I don't know if I was hiding it from the teachers or mm-hmm. my sister. Yeah. My mom didn't allow me to wear makeup as a oh, youngster. Yeah. So I would put some on in the most natural way so she couldn't tell. Oh, wow. Right? See, that's so smart. I would just sneak it to school. Yeah. I did that, too, a little bit. The mascara. Just yeah, yeah. Eyeliner. It on. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. So how, what were you like in high school then? And where'd you go to high school? So I went to Eagle Point. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I was an athlete. So I did, mm. you know, volleyball, basketball, track, uh, honor society. So I was, you know, kind of good kid-ish. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, you're in sports, yeah. honor society. Well, I mean, I... What kind of trouble did you get yeah, into? Yeah, I didn't get caught, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did, but I mean, I was a good student. You know what mm. I mean? So it was like, and I never did anything horrible, you know, right. so like skipping school. Um, Tania. I know. And it was so bad. My dad's probably going to kill me about this, but <laughs> I got so good at forging his name. He didn't <gasps> even know the difference. <laughs> he told me this later when I was in my 20s. Sorry, dad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are confessing all of our I sins <laughs> right now. Right For, now. Forging his signature on what? My attendance slips. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. I was just like, you know, please excuse Tania from mm-hmm. uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you're But I was school- still getting great grades, yeah. so I was like, if I only have to go half the time. Right. Why? I mean, hello, success. <gasps> right? Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I'm smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in high school, what, what are you thinking you want to be when you grow up? What's next oh, for you? Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was, I really wanted to be an attorney. Really? Yes. Yeah. And I, I actually really love attorneys. I think, you know, they're really smart. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of 
in that period of my life, that was like people, you know, people who were really smart were attorneys. You'd mm-hmm. see them on TV. They knew all the answers to all the questions. Yeah. And so they were just like really helpful. Yeah. And so that was, I want, that's what I wanted. I wanted to have the answers. Well, I think when help. we see lawyers, doctors, you know, I feel like in society we sort of put them up here because mm-hmm. they go to extra school and right. they have to know a lot to yeah. be able to do things, you know, brain surgery, for instance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, count me out. Yeah. Go ahead. A little but, too much stress. Yeah. So I get, yeah, I get that. They're they're considered in mm-hmm. our society mm-hmm. super smart because mm-hmm. they put in a lot of time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you're not an attorney. So I'm what happened? Not. I have friends who are attorneys. <laughs> I play one on TV. No, Beautiful. I'm just kidding. I totally don't. Um, so, sorry. What was the question? <laughs> well, so what path did you end up taking? Oh, excellent question. You know, and I get that question a lot now, mm-hmm. right? So being... Um, involved with the school district, with the city, with all of the other things that I'm in, people want to know, you know, what's your background in? What, yeah. you know, who are you? What yeah. do you do? And where'd you come from? Pretty I need much. to see your <laughs> license and registration, <laughs> yeah. ma'am. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, I don't quite trust where you're going. <laughs> um, but uh, so anyway, so yeah, so um, I didn't become an attorney, you know, mm-hmm. um, I um, finished high school, uh, got a great job um, with a local um, utility company, and really just started working my way there. I was married straight out of high school. Okay. Um, and so I just kind of dug into the work. And then, um, you know, I got a little bored with that. Um, and I just kind of, I, I did what intrigued me next, things that I found interesting. And so I would dig deep into it. So I did high vo- managed um, a company that did high voltage power line construction. So I just loved, I mean, my background is very diverse. Mm-hmm. I worked for a Fortune 500 company in their HR department for years, you know. So I, I worked in different fields to try and find out, you know, what was it that I liked. And I really loved people. Hmm. Um, and so I was like, wow, getting to know all of these different people and their different um, ticks, little things that make them interesting and passionate about whatever it is that they do. And then, well, how can I how can I be useful in that? How do I connect? And so that's what I really found is I was really more of a connector mm-hmm. um, and listener, you know, so I would listen to people and what they needed and wanted. And then in just my normal, you know, everyday being, I would find out what other people needed or wanted. And I was like, oh, wow, well, I know this person that needs that and this and this and making connections it really was and I was like wow I feel useful like what I'm doing is important and so that's kind of the path I went on and so you ended up essentially making connecting people with other people your Mm job kind of and I really it was not very intentional at all Mm -hmm. um so I and then so then I had my son um gosh when I was in my early 30s and Mm -hmm. so I took time off from work so I um quit working in the HR department and stayed home. And um, and so I was a stay-at-home mom for like four years. Okay. And then I got a little stir-crazy, and I was like, okay, well, what are we right. going to do? And that's when um, Dirt was born. I decided to Beautiful. have a nonprofit instead of a second child. Okay. So let's back up, though. You got yes. married right out of high school? I did. Like 18? Yes. What? Yeah, everyone that's... else was doing it. Really? <laughs> yeah, in Eagle Point. It was a thing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I was I was madly in love, you know, passionate. Um, but, you know, you're 18, you know, and so we were married for 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And so it was really great. Phenomenal guy. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, OK, like, you know, we're a little bit older now. And it's like, well, what well, this doesn't feel like it's the way that it's supposed to be. And so we parted. And then, um, you know, but you were married for more than a decade. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something to be say to, to be said of that, that 
a lot of people think you don't know at 18 what love is and yeah. shouldn't get married yeah, and all yeah. of that. Yeah. But it worked for you. It did. It w- and, and it was great. You know, those years are kind of the fun and kind of crazy mm-hmm. and not, you know, jumping off cliffs into mm-hmm. water that you don't know really what's under. Not that I recommend that. But mm-hmm. those are, you know, the kind of things that I did. I don't mm-hmm. know what other people do in, in my 20s. And, and it was great and exciting. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of looking down the road, it's like, well, is... Is this going to work for the long haul, you know? And, and the answer was no. And, and it didn't. You know, mm-hmm. we just kind of had different ideas of what old age was going to look like and what right. we were going to do and kind of what we wanted to do between then mm-hmm. and, and at that time, the present. And and so it was like, hey, you know, let's be pals. Let's, you know, let's work through it. And it was, uh, I mean, and great guy, best divorce ever. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that sounds, sounds really no, it weird. Sounds, it doesn't actually. And there's just nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you're just not supposed to be with this particular person forever. Mm-hmm. I think people who are together forever are, that's great. Yeah, and my parents are together forever. I mean, and I was like, wow, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. like in, and and maybe it's societal, maybe it's, you know, cultural, maybe it, who, you know, who knows mm-hmm. what it is, but it seems like there's a season and it seemed to work really great for that totally, season. Totally, totally. So now did y'all have kids together? No. Okay. We had two dogs. That that's kids. <laughs> it really is, and our dogs were pretty high maintenance. And you can't take dog. Well, you couldn't back mm-hmm. then. You can't just take them to restaurants. You can't leave them in the car. Right. You in ba- you know pet sitters weren't as you know okay cool as they are. I'm going to ask a sticky question. Oh, did you still have the dogs when you got divorced? Was well, there a custody battle? There was. He won. He won the custody battle, but I did get visitation, oh and God, so I did get to go ever. visit. And then I would take Zoe, uh, the the female dog. You know, we would take her. You know, I would take her to the park and okay, in that's the, the car cutest ride. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, and and you know, it's it when I look at couples, you know, and I think you know, I'm like, holy cow, they look like they're 12. I'm sure they're 18, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's exactly how people, <laughs> you know, looked at me. <laughs> and I just get so excited for them, you know, because there's so much to life. You know, when you're just kind of in it and experiencing it and it changes Mm -hmm. and you never really know. You think you may know what is going to happen, but really you have no clue. So true. And it's usually pretty amazing if you kind of just let it unfold. So true. That's kind of how I live my life. I just, I mean, I'm not lazy. I'm not complacent. I try not to be, but I do sort of tend to just let life happen and see where it takes me. And work hard at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people won't like people who know me are probably laughing right now because really? they're like, oh yeah, they're like Tania letting things go, letting them yeah. unfold. Not so much. Yeah. I mean, I strive for it, and in some ways, I really do. But right. I, I'm probably categorized more um, as more of a control freak. Okay, <laughs> so no, let it go, Elsa. Well, yeah. well, yeah, no. I mean, let it go, but as long as it is within these guidelines. <laughs> I'll let it go up to this point. <laughs> right, right. So um, the custody battle wasn't awful. No. It, happily, he won. He yeah. got the dogs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's very sweet. So you obviously, do you do you get remarried? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Down the road, we do um, fall madly in love, you know, new new kind of phase, new focus, mm-hmm. um, new kind of looking at what what am I going to do? I'm not in my 20s anymore. Right. Right. And so now what's important? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are the things that I find valuable and growing old and like being that. together? having you know Arnold Palmer's on the front patio and watching the kids, you know and just kind of talking about nothing mm-hmm. or not talking or which being again, silent yeah yeah which again people who know me laughing right now right not you're never silent you're never, never silent. silent okay <laughs> I feel the same way with me too um I was just gonna say being silent it's actually you were talking about 
you have made it a skill to listen mm. to mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. That's that's hard to do. A lot of people don't listen. They just hear you, but then they are getting ready to say what they want to say next. They yeah. don't really listen to, we don't listen to each other. Right, right. Well, and I, I find people intriguing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what, what is it? Like, where, <coughs> where are they, you know, where are they coming from? Like, mm-hmm. what viewpoint? And that, that interests me. And maybe that's because I have such a diverse background, you know? Mm-hmm. And so business, corporate, um, construction, I've taught, you know, I've been an instructor at RCC for over 20 years. Wow. With a, yeah, traffic control. You know, so I do, I've been in construction for a long time. Professor Browning. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> if you say so. But, um, but you know, I just, I, it helps me um, relate better, I think, to the world when mm-hmm. I listen, you know, because it's not just me and what I'm seeing from my viewpoint. Right. So, I, and I, I think it's fun. Yeah. Well, I, I think we should listen to each other a little more. Mm-hmm. I think if we all listened to each other, we wouldn't get ourselves into weird problems mm-hmm. that we face. Well, and really focusing on what is it that we have in common, you know, mm-hmm. and what what are we both interested in or as mm-hmm. a group? What and what can we do? You know, what, what do you need? What do you want? How sure. can I help you get that? What is it? Um, CBS This Morning has a segment they do maybe once a week, once a month, um, and the whole gist of it is we have more in common mm-hmm. than we have what divides us. Yep. So there's there's more that's in common between us all than what divides us, actually. Mm-hmm. We Absolutely. just need to pick those out. Well, Pay attention. Well, yeah. Well, and, and sometimes it's a little harder, right? It's yeah. like, oh, oh, but I have to think a different way? No. Or I just mm-hmm. have to think? Or mm-hmm. I just have to stop talking? You know, all of these little things, it's like, wow. Yeah. Stop talking. Stop talking. Just listen. listen. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Okay. So you take some time off. Yes. Because you have a baby. Have a baby. You have a baby. How old is that baby now? Oh, he turns nine in two weeks. It's fast, huh? You blink and done. And, and then I'm like, okay, so for as long as he's been alive now, in that much time, he'll be 18. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. When they graduate from high school, it's can't like, handle. yeah, hits you right in the gut. Yeah, yeah. So my husband, <laughs> he works for the fire department. And he, you know, they do 81, you know, whatever their truck numbers are. So the joke at the house is 81 mommy can't handle. Like, my, 81 mommy can't handle. Sorry. Um, what <laughs> fire department does he work for? Medford. Okay. Yeah, yeah they work together. Oh. Yes. Oh, yes. Your husband is Chase. Yes. Okay. All the, all the things are coming together now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Medford Fire Department's pretty special. They're pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. A really good group of guys. My husband hates the word hero because he mm. only thinks it should be tossed around when someone's truly deserving of it. Yeah, yeah. But I call them my heroes because they literally save lives every single day. Every day. Every day. And they don't even think about it. No, nope, It's not even batting an eye. Nope. Nope. And so gentle. Mm-hmm. You know, you see these big, mm-hmm. burly mm-hmm. And they just, you know, they they just care yeah. so deeply. And it's, it's the sweetest thing to watch. I mean, and little things like going mm-hmm. on a call with a woman in her 90s and then some, you know, the the lawnmowers outside. Yeah. They put they either finish mowing the lawn or they put it away or they yeah. do, they just do little things around the house. So when they come back from the hospital, it's not like yeah. their house is in chaos. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. They are amazing. Stories. Okay, shout out to the Medford yeah. Fire Department <laughs> there, right? Um, so you have this baby, and then you're ready to instead of having another child, you say yes. you start a nonprofit. Yes, which is what dirt, dirt, direct involvement, recreation, teaching. Okay, what is that? 
So hands-on education through recreational activities. And so we uh, started out doing free programs to the community, and then we ended up partnering with the school districts, mm. um, the Central Point School District, uh, to basically maintain the gardens. We recognized that teachers are very busy, and they have all the stuff they have to do as teachers. And while they would like to take classwork outside they don't necessarily have the space if they have the space they can't necessarily maintain it there's sprinkler systems there's planting there's all of these things that right. nobody wants to do um, that has to be done for the space to be useful so it was that need coupled with seeing that people want to be part of the solution you talk I would talk to people in the community and they'd be like yeah kids need to get outside they need to get you know away mm -hmm. from the screens they need to not be you know doing x y or z they wanted them to be outside right so if what we did is we broke down volunteerism into little bite-sized chunks so that people could volunteer for an hour they could volunteer for a day they cuz not everyone can take time off from work to right. do little league or you know always go into the school and so it helped also with continuity so they always had one person to contact if they wanted to work in the garden instead of having to go through each different school and then the teacher and then the teachers change and who's going to weed over the springtime right on those breaks in summer so um so we did that and then what we would do is we would invite the community in to those spaces within the school so they could find out what our schools were doing because again listening to what people have to say they think there's this big problem and they don't know that they don't have all the information mm. and so inviting them in to see this is what we're actually doing in our schools these are you know the places that teachers are taking the students it, it would it breaks down those barriers it breaks down kind of what they think is happening sure bring me solutions don't bring me problems yeah well yeah. and just gently observe that you are incorrect Right. Instead of having it being forced down your throat, like mm -hmm. you're wrong and this is it. Because no, very rarely do people change their mind. Mm -hmm. But if they can see that they were wrong. It's so wait, repeat easier. that. Gently observe. I don't know. I just made it up. It was <laughs> it was brilliant. Gently observe that you are incorrect. Yeah. That's brilliant. Now I see why why you do what you do, <laughs> Tania Browning. How does one start a nonprofit? That just seems overwhelming. Well, you know, what's really funny, not funny, partially, my crazy. Funny, not funny. Yeah. Is, um, there were times, you know, it was long, long, long days. So, you know, I had my son and infant, newborn, you know, you're busy. and But he would fall asleep at like 7, 8 o'clock, you know. And yeah. so that would be from basically 8 to 11 o'clock at night is when I would do all my work for the nonprofit. Brilliant. And, um, and I remember, you know, nights in front of the computer as I'm filling out the nonprofit paperwork, doing the Drinking bylaws. Drinking some wine, maybe? Yeah, no, I wish. No, no. But yeah, it well, because you had to be completely focused, you mm -hmm. know, because you can't screw up on these these documents and the finances. That's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> Maybe. Stop drinking the wine at night. Okay. Kombucha. Yeah. Something. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I remember sitting there um, a couple times and going, man, this is so hard. It is just hard hard. I don't have the answers. I don't know. And I would research and I would Google and I would go mm. to the Oregon websites and I would just try and figure it out. And I would, and I would just tell myself, man, Tania, you know what? If this was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. And it's not easy. Right. And you will figure this out. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible. I've had someone else on this podcast say that exact same thing. Really? Yeah. If it was easy, everybody would, do, would be doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not easy. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Life isn't easy. No. And, and it's not fair. Right. And I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Mic drop. <laughs> Peace out. We're done. <laughs> exactly.
So you're working with the Central Point School District? Yes. Okay. Um, and you're currently still working with the Central Point School yes. District? Yes. How did this idea of Crater Works come about? Because this is just fascinating to me. Well, so it was Samantha Steele's the superintendent, Todd yep. Bennett, you know, he's the assistant um, superintendent. And so they, hands-on kind of STEM is is nothing new. This makerspace um, idea has been around for a long time. Right. And then within the Central Point School District as well, you know, they have them in the elementary schools. My son is in, you know, second grade and they're using saws and they're, you know, hammering. and wow. And it's, I mean... It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. So, so those kids are going to demand more yeah. once they get into high school than the kids who are currently in high school, just because they haven't had the exposure. So, you know, um, S- Samantha, uh, there's a ADX up in Portland, which is a similar maker space. Okay. Um, so Sam was up in Portland and noticed that there were people bringing like pieces of wood. She would run um, up there mm-hmm. and then. Uh, they would uh, so she would see people bringing these materials into this building and we're like well, what is this what is this that what's happening doing? in yeah. there How, why okay. are they bringing two by fours and sheets of plywood like <laughs> in the middle of portland like downtown so she investigated and she found out and she, and she would she i mean she would have to tell you the whole story on how it was actually completely inspired but basically looking at you know we have um this need how do we incorporate what the students need mm-hmm. um meet the state requirements, right? Because that's kind of why they got rid of the original wood shop, metal shop. Right, got to do things. that. Yeah. So you ha- you still have to follow the requirements. Once the no um, child left behind kind of passed, so they they had a lot of focus on the testing. So sure. so then, how do we incorporate this hands-on application of the curriculum into the students' everyday needs? So and how is it not an elective? Because we find that a lot of students may not think that they have mm-hmm. the aptitude to, to be hands-on or, or want to, and they love it. So incorporating it into the core curriculum is key. Right. Not making it something special right. that you can right. choose to take. Right. This is what we're doing today. Well, and some of the most interesting stories of some really um, phenomenal entrepreneurs is you listen to their story and mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, I was an AP student and I was, you know, going to school on the West Coast and this was my plan and this is what I was going to do. And then something changed their course and they ended up in, you know, the, the Midwest and they didn't have AP classes. And so they ended up in a wood shop, you know, and they found this passion mm-hmm. for what they ended up being incredibly successful in. And it wasn't what they originally planned. Right. And I mean, I think that happens a lot of times. Sure. And so, you know, changing that conversation about you must go to a four-year school, you must do this, you must do this. Um, I mean, it's not realistic. And it's it's not um, it's not what everyone wants to do. Right. And it's not what everyone should do. Yeah. Just because it's, you know, this is the plan for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the plan for everyone. Right. Well, and we need to change the conversation because we've had, you know, decades where we've told people, students, yeah. you know, you're not enough. If you don't do X, Y, and Z, you're not enough. If you don't have a degree, you're not going to yeah. get a job. And I get that question all the time. Right. People are like, well, what's your degree in? And I'm why why do you assume you know why mm-hmm. is it because you know and so so i just think it's it's a matter in this space too in crater works right we'll have people from industry from the community 
being in the space showing students and community members it's not right. just students we have we have a whole group of people so cool who want to be involved and and have skills to share with with others and so um so letting people see that those success stories and how do they make it and that natural mentorship and that rubbing of elbows you know you look at what what helps students people in general succeed in what they want to do and it is it's that natural networking i come from the chamber background. I was the Central Point Chamber of, of Commerce director for several years. And so, okay. you know, it's just seeing how that works and that support from a community, the mental health component. I mean, all of these things are addressed and supported in this space, which is one wow. of the reasons it's just a it blows my mind. So to get back to your question, you know, how did this kind of happen? Um, Samantha and Todd kind of had this idea of how it was going to work for the students. And then looking at the relationship that we had already established within the elementary schools. Dirt. Dirt. Okay. Maintaining the, the, the grounds and making it available for the teachers. So when it makes sense, the teachers bring the students out to the garden. Whereas just in the high school, same thing. When it makes sense, the teachers will bring the students over to Crater Works, and okay. we'll have a shop steward there that helps the teachers use the facility, but they are instructing the students. Right, and there's, um, we're just going to remind everybody, Crater Works, because we did have Chris Brown on, yes. who was the architect yes. of the building. Yes. It's this massive space where all of these different skills mm-hmm. can be taught. Yes. So there's a commercial kitchen. Yep. It's in the process. In the process. There will be a commercial. There will be. Gaming rights still available. Right. (laughs) Uh, There's going to be or will be a wood shop, a metal shop. Yep. Wood shop, metal shop. Yep. I mean. CNC, 3D printer, laser printing, hand tools. We'll have custom classes where um, community members can come in and make a specific item of some kind. I want to do like a bench with planter boxes on the edge, something that gives you all of the skills that you need to learn how to operate the equipment and you get to go home with a planter box and a bench for your front yard. The goal here is so high school students, their eyes are opened up a little bit more like, hmm, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to Mm -hmm. do, but I'm really good in this whole like construction thing mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm, i should go into construction mm-hmm. well and even even it sometimes as much you know people are like oh i want to be a designer i want to do right. this and this and so they may sit down and they they work in the design lab and they design whatever product it is but then through working through the tools they're like damn i am good at welding like check right. this out right and i love it and there's this sense of accomplishment and i have something to show for it the first time i ripped a board on a table saw i was like holy cow like the and i know it sounds really silly no but the power mm-hmm. that comes from creating is like something you cannot articulate you have to experience it and i think that's what we've missed right and this gives those people students community members retired folks i mean there this space is for everyone i know it's not just for students it's like a gym membership you can pay yeah. get a membership yeah. and then you want to learn how to Weld, yep. go for it. Yep, punch card. We're, we're, we're establishing a punch card so you can get in the door, you know, for, you know, awesome. about 100 bucks. And you can, and and, it, and when you look at all the equipment that is there, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's amazing. Small business incubation, right? So that these entrepreneurs who can't afford all of the equipment will have space for them to lease and start their business, help them with marketing. They can market their stuff and sell their stuff at the Saturday market. Wow. So it's like we really want to support them in every way possible so that they will succeed and that they will be able to go out and they can get brick and mortar 
or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that they want to do and then come back and share their skills and their successes with the next generation it it it's a it's a place for everyone to come and play you're not excited about this at all no i'm not no you totally geeked out (laughs) i know i know i'm sorry i don't even remember what the question was (laughs) i I mean it doesn't matter um but crater works if people do want a membership Mm -hmm. how can they get one uh, online. Okay. Um, and or um, well, our grand opening is the 18th. So we'll have, you know, the of rib- May. Yeah, in just a couple weeks. Whoa. Yeah. So super busy right now receiving okay. equipment. And one of the things that we did do uh, with this space as well is we intentionally purchased equipment that we knew. So we did a lot of industry tours and we, we found out, you know, what different mm-hmm. space, because the valley is comprised of a lot of really fabulous small businesses. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the rogue thing is that everyone does their own thing no doubt and so um so what we found is that there were common tools in every single one of these industries and so we've purchased those tools and we're inviting our members we're inviting the community in to find out what is next what do you want to use next what will you use in this space what do you want to teach we have people who they'll say i'm not an instructor well but you're a teacher you have skills Mm -hmm. and you're passionate let us help you share those with other people absolutely so so we're looking for people who want to instruct um who want to you know maybe design something in particular Um, so we're really flexible with what the community wants how can we make this space useful for you so you're opening the doors but there's still more stages mm-hmm. left of More this building okay yep. yep and then and so this is phase one um and then we hope to have the commercial kitchen and the outdoor kitchen um in phase 1.5 and then okay. continuing to just gather community input for phase two and there's been talk of a recording studio right green screen um ceramics could be in 1.5 actually very along cool with the commercial kitchen sewing um so we've had a lot of interest in that and we just really we want to hear what people want to use the space for mm-hmm. um, we won't be able to accommodate everything but where where do we get the most activity because we didn't want to build something thinking that we knew mm-hmm. and then not have people use it so this is really random there's two things that are in my weird bucket list that i want to learn how to do before i die okay build an engine a car engine oh okay and we have an electric car okay perfect so check so, right <laughs> okay this is really odd i want to learn how to butcher an animal I know someone. Crickets. I know. Yeah, well, I'm like, well, I don't. Crickets. I no, know. This is, so I'm not assuming that Crater Works will be able to help me out with this. But those are just two skills. I'm very jealous of people who can sit down with a carburetor and uh-huh. just go to work at it. And yep. it's very focused and very zen. Yeah. The same with, I think, you know, butchering a, a cow. I know it sounds harsh, but it is part of life. People mm-hmm. do eat meat. I just think it's fascinating mm-hmm. that how do you go about that process? How mm-hmm. do you break this animal down, not waste anything, right. use everything? And we have people in this valley yeah. who are experts at yeah. that. Montgomery Meats right down the road mm-hmm. in, in Central Point. You know, I'm butcher. just saying, I know it's I not know on people. the list I for Crater Works, but you're listening to me right now, I am. Tania. And so I'm just saying maybe there's a connection yeah. later you in never phase, know. phase three. <laughs> Butchering. Yeah, I don't know. Or I don't a field know. trip, at least. Yeah, or like a field trip, and show show us how you do that. Yeah. My husband thinks I'm full of crap. He's like, you would get close, and you'd be like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I'm not doing it. It's too much. So, yeah. Anyways. I can't even think about it. I'm like, I, I, I don't. I really stumped need... you. Yeah. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> well, let me let me you're, point you in the right direction. You're weird. <laughs> not it. Not it. <laughs> 
So really exciting. This is opening up. I mean, probably I think by the time your podcast airs, CraterWorks might be open to the public. That's exciting. That's super exciting. Are you hearing anything from students? What do they say about this? We already have a student who is excited about, he wants to teach a skateboarding class. He has his own. So this is why it's so perfect. He already has his own clothing line. He um, has maxed out, you know, his mom is like, he needs a space, you know, so what can we do? Mm. How can we, how can we get him his own creative space? And this is, this is what it's about, right? That small business incubation, there are tools that this facility will have that he needs. So through the membership model, through the, you know, small business incubation, we can help this student. I mean, students are ecstatic. That's awesome. and, And so the big learning curve that we have is how do we tell people about what it is? Because it's longer than the 30-second elevator pitch. It really is. <laughs> the Mail Tribune just did an article. Yes. Um, there's a story at KTBL.com that I did. I talked to Chris yes. Chris Brown. This was for the Cheese Festival. Yes. But it was more – the story was supposed to be about the Cheese Festival, and then I met Chris, and I was like, Ugh, it's got to be about Crater Works because this is fascinating. Yeah. It is hard to wrap your head around what this is. Yes. So I would just say do your research. Go online. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah. Um, and – you know, go visit, right? And we, yeah, and we'll have tours. So people will be able to go online and book a tour. So we will do tours twice a week um, mm-hmm. and probably uh, more frequently towards the beginning, just knowing that we've got to get people into the space. That was the great thing about the Cheese Festival. I mean, that was 6,000 people in our space right. that we got to talk to awesome. about what it was. Well, maybe when it opens, we KTVL can come out and do another story. Would love it. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, I really like the idea of something that really brings the community mm-hmm. together. And this is what this is. And it has something for everyone. It really does. It really, really does. And the collaboration Mm -hmm. that it took to get this to happen. Well, that and people want to see people working together. Specifically, they want to see their tax dollars being maximized. So how do we, I mean, I'm involved with, you know, city government as well. And so I think that that's the best example we can really show Mm -hmm. our citizens is not only are we spending money wisely but we're really figuring out how to maximize the impact how do we work with other partners how do we have that public you know private partnership work together and we can work together yes and we will yeah yes yes. and a project like this i mean where does the funding come from well and the the Some people say, you know, they're like, wow, this is just so fast. And it's like, we've been working on this for three years. Mm -hmm. So it's not Not that fast at all. And so um, the funding comes from a a couple of different areas, right? And so we have um, Measure 98 money um, that the school district, so the partnership, which I don't think we touched on very much. So Crater Works is a partnership with the school district. Right. And the nonprofit Dirt. Right. So the school district owns the building and it owns the equipment in the building. Okay. And so that was purchased with um, their Measure 98 money. There's a lot of grant funding that was in there as well. We have some foundations that really made an investment in this, seeing how important it was. Awesome. So um, those funds are very specific and they can only be used for certain things. So that's um, how the that funding, the purchase of those are. So then through... Um, the other um, avenues of our revenue, right? So we have industry that will come in. Then we have the membership that will come in. Um, that is the support system. So we know that we will have to update the equipment. We know that we'll have to um, continue to change our programming. And that may not continue to be funded through the state. So how do we diversify those revenue streams, right? How mm-hmm. do we make this actually fiscally sustainable? Because that's been the problem forever is that it 
stuff gets outdated. It's no longer relevant to industry. Right. And, and so we need to make sure we stay relevant and we stay in line with that. And that's how we're going to do that is with those different funding mechanisms with the community. We have sponsorship again, foundations that want to get involved. Um, they can do that. There's naming, right. You know, there's all yeah. kinds of different ways. Well, and if you're not relevant, it's going to die. Well, it, it really will. And that's where we get to be nimble and we can change very quickly because we aren't necessarily, um, bogged down by some of those other issues that okay. we would have to be. So, so, so that's incredibly helpful there. Um, and I forgot. It's okay. You're good. You're great. <laughs> You're so fun. <laughs> well, you're like, wait, I got it. <laughs> but it was, it, it's been, um, uh, it's been really interesting to watch how, um, industry really wants to stay involved, mm -hmm. you know, and, and see the results. And that's kind of what we can do is we can adjust, very quickly to what their needs are. Oh, you you need X, Y, and Z? We can do that. Let's find an instructor. We can do that because they're teaching community classes um, and it's available to everyone. Um, and so that's that's really been, you know, just super key for us. And then also for large corporations. I mean, we are, if you look at a wellness program, we're, we're just like the gym. You know, where do you get mm -hmm. the opportunity to come, relax, unwind, use your hand, lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure? Where do you get that connection, right? Because that's what we need for our mental health is that connection with other people. Totally. So you, if you were a corporation um, that really wanted to say, hey, yeah, I value my employees. How am I, how am I retaining my employees? Well, I'm offering CreativeWorks memberships to my employees. Brilliant. And then you can also do uh, like days of build where a, a company could come in and they could build something maybe somebody's retiring mm -hmm. so instead of a pizza party they come and they build some kind of workbench and then that person gets the workbench or maybe there's a big anniversary so you learn different skill sets and qualities of your coworkers. and you haven't thought about this at all no no just is, every is, single angle is all is this what keeps you up at night <laughs> it really does you wake up in the middle of the I night get, and write stuff down yeah, well and it's equal parts incredibly exciting and super frightening because we just don't have anything like that. Yeah. This here. You that know? means you're doing something right, I think. But, right. You should be equally frightened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're telling our students, right? Take a chance. You know, do try the research. Try something new. Try something new. You know, so we have to live that as an example. Take those risks. For sure. Measured risks. Right, for sure. Well, um, we're going to wrap up a little bit, but um, go dirt. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I honestly didn't even know this existed in mm -hmm. our community until I started doing the story. So yeah, and Chris is amazing. He is just he, he is amazing. He has a way of you know telling the story about space mm -hmm. through his design. That well, he was a good catch for this project. He really was. I feel so incredibly lucky that he said yes. Yeah, I said I got a crazy idea, Chris. <laughs> He's like, All right. Um, and then I have, I think Samantha. I don't know if she wants to be on the podcast, but I'm going to make her. Good. So Good. it'll be like the other little part of this yeah. whole story. Yes. So stay tuned for that, everyone. All right, Tania Browning, final three. Okay. Best advice you've ever been given. Okay. From my dad. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I'm pretty sure I was a snotty little teenager. <laughs> I, I was, so. Definitely was. Um, and I can't remember exactly the context, but I remember clear as day what he said and it was basically sweetheart it is not who you know it is how smart you are mm. and and that's just following me i was like okay wow. i just have i need to be really smart 
and listen. He didn't say that. I found that out later because you can be smart as I'll get out, but if you don't listen, it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. Very good advice. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, thanks, Dad. That's a good one. If you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, what would uh, bring you back here? What would you miss the most? The people, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is what everyone says, but I just love the people. Super kind. And then Central Point, I mean, it's like, it really is like you kind of feel like you're in Mayberry a little bit. Like you wave to Jan at Fidelity, you know, and you just know everyone and they genuinely care about you. Like they care, you know, how your parents are doing and, you know, what did you eat? You know, like recently, you know, what are you enjoying? And they genuinely care. And I love that. Oh, that's really sweet. I like that. (laughs) Um, And then if you were ever given a final meal and a final drink, what would that look like? Oh, so it's not local, but it's okay. I love it. So screen door, Portland, fried chicken and waffles. Mm. So good. <laughs> like it is so good. It's worth the two hour wait. Okay. Now, if you're by yourself, you can get in party of one. Mm. You can use party of one always rocks when okay. you're at those kind of places. So anyways, fried chicken. Fried chicken and waffles. waffles. And they have a killer Arnold Palmer with this peppered maple syrupy sweetener. Yeah, this is the second time you've mentioned Arnold Palmer's. I love them. And that's iced tea and lemonade. Yep. Half and half. Yep. It's like a perfect drink. Okay. Yeah, little lemonade, Uh little tea to keep you going. Little sweet. Little sweet, yeah. Sour. But not too much caffeine. Right. So you can kind of drink it whenever. Perfect. Yeah. That sounds like a delight. That sounds good. like something Southern. Like, <laughs> And they vary. Okay. So, they're, it's, so it's not like you just get a Pepsi or a Coke, like, because there'll be different twists on them. Sure. And they're kind of custom, so it can kind of reflect where you're at. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Fried chicken and waffles. Yep. And an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Tania Browning, you are so much fun. Um, if you are listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. You can also check out the video portion of this podcast at ktvl.com. Just click on features and then off script. One more time, you're a hoot and a half. <laughs> hoot and a half. A hoot and a half. Tania Browning, direct involvement, recreation, teaching, or dirt. Thank you so much. Good luck with Crater Works. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Wonderful.